The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, February 23rd, and we are, of course, on YouTube. We'll, uh, we're going to chat about some top 25 offensive free agents. You can watch the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. If you're watching, smash that like button and uh, tell us who you're who you want your team to sign in free agency. Also hit that subscribe button and turn on alerts when uh, Aaron Rodgers announces that he's retiring or announces that he's coming back. We will go, I'm sure, have an emergency podcast. And I know that John Breach will be on that. And he is joining me today to break down free agents. Breacher, what's up, buddy? You know, Brenton, knowing Aaron Rodgers, he'll announce it Saturday night at like 1.30 a.m. And we'll be getting the te- on Instagram. The text message, you guys got an emergency podcast coming. I know it's 1.30 a.m. on a Saturday, but let's get that thing going. I know. Um, yeah, so, so that's, uh, let's let's talk about Rodgers really quickly. So we, yeah. we record this on Tuesday. The show comes out on Wednesday. Fortunately for us, we happen to record this after Aaron Rodgers joined Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show on his YouTube channel, uh, just like ours. You know, he you know, we have commonly have 100,000 people streaming our, our, our live podcast. That happens all the time. Um, just kidding. McAfee did have 100K. He's like 100 and... 30k maybe at some point that jumped on there um to watch the discussion that's about what we get anytime i'm on the show right yeah pretty much that's it's it's the breach bump um and i thought that uh i know people i was prepared to be annoyed by roger's appearance because so uh, just to back it up on monday night aaron rogers post a four page gratitude filled instagram post that uh made everyone think that that I mean, it was cryptic. It was cryptic, right? Like it was definitely a cryptic post. Uh, thanking Shailene Woodley, thanking Devonte Adams and Randall Cobb, thanking his coaches and people. All you know, it, it was cryptic. It it and it definitely set up the possibility that Rogers was prepared to announce his retirement. I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe him when he said on Pat McAfee's show that he doesn't think about what the reaction will be when he posts something because he posted a picture of Adams and Cobb without him in it. Um, and he did explain it. Well, it well, good. what do you explain? Go ahead. Finish the explanation. He explained, he explained that, that, that that was the picture they sent him because he usually stands between them. And then after the, during the national anthem on the sideline, and then after the anthem, they embrace and then they go play. And he said that they sent it to him and he started crying when he got it because it meant so much to him uh, in that game he missed because he was on the COVID list. So, I mean, that's a really good explanation for it. 
I don't believe that he doesn't think about how people will react to what he posts on social media though. Right. Cause I think the alternate, if, if you're just the outsider looking in and all you have is, is Instagram to look at and try and figure out what's going on. Number one, you have to consider there were 10 pictures that he posted on Instagram, which is the most you can put on one post. The first nine pictures all included Aaron Rodgers hanging out with friends or hanging out with Shailene Woodley. And then picture number 10, he's out of there. As in, you, you know, it is understandable yeah, I mean, that someone would take that as some sort of symbolism uh, that you go boom, boom through nine straight pictures. And then Aaron Rodgers is gone in picture 10. And then also to your point on kind of what he wrote in the message, it was very reflective and you don't get reflective unless you're thinking about moving on, unless you're seriously considering that. So I absolutely think that this is, you know, people, we get yelled at on Twitter for kind of reading too much into this stuff. But when you have a superstar like Aaron Rodgers who might retire, who's sharing these 500 word Instagram posts with 10 pictures and one of them doesn't include him. It, that's what we have to do. And so and the final one doesn't include him as, right, if, right. as if to say, I'm out of here. Like I'm gone. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, um, it, it is, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was hard not to read that into it. Rogers claimed on, uh, the McAfee show that he was, had been doing a 12 day cleanse cleanse, excuse me, which, um, I need to look up Pon poncha. Did you, did you look it up? I did. Cause it's disgusting. Poncha karma. Is that poncha, what it is? Poncha karma is a method according to vicaspedia.in. But sure, I guess I'll just just the first link. I'll just I guess I'll just trust it. Is a method of cleansing the body of all the unwanted waste after lubricating it. There are five Panchakarma are five in number. Hence, um, Pancha, which means five, and Karma means procedures. <laughs> the five Karmas are Vamin Vaminem, which is a uh, induced vomiting helps clear the upper gastro till the end of the stomach and part of the respiratory tract. Verichimum induced purgation cleans clears the lower gastro from the basically you're puking and pooping for five days for 12 days, excuse me, or I guess as long as you want, but you do like at least five days. It sounds there's a uh, there's an oil enema that helps lubricate the rectal area and take out all the lipid soluble waste out through the anus. Did you ever think we would be talking about Panchakarma on this podcast? Sure this, is not the, this is not the Panchakarma podcast. Yeah, We're sitting here I, talking about people having a double ender so they can uh, go through with this therapy that helps you, I guess, feel better at the end. And there's a uh, lot of yoga and meditation. I mean, it sounds like... For instance, I feel like, one of, us, I feel like one of us should try it. Yeah. Um, I nominate you, though. No, thanks. I'll, I'll, I'll try the TV 12 diet. Um, <laughs> it, it, it does sound like... I mean, I guess his explanation that he's been doing this and I guess he was doing this like when he went up and accepted the MVP award because that was within the last 12 days, uh, you know, right? Wasn't it within the last 12 no, days? No, I think so. Today's the 20. He did an interview on the 22nd and the MVP award ceremony was on the 10th. So maybe he, he started, started it, the Sunday like, after the MVP. award. Right, right. That was like the first day or the day after he won was the first day. So, I mean, I get it. You've been doing you're doing yoga, you're doing meditation, you're you're cleansing your body. Your brain is in a different state of being. He had a lot of gratitude when he came out of it. Um and so he he put he attempted to put he attempted to put the post to rest like it wasn't about him it wasn't about a retirement decision. However, a couple other things that he said in the interview. One, he, he mentioned that he and Brian Gutekunst are in a very good spot, and that he and Russ Ball and, and Matt Lafleur like he's he he told Pat McAfee he is in a very different spot than he was last year, and that they now currently have a, a good relationships across the board, and they had positive conversations coming out uh, of the season. 
the Packers have maintained that if Rodgers wants to play, they will have him back. Um, I think they said that publicly, right? Yes, all of them. The whole front off, because, you know, last a couple of years ago, it was a little hesitant because we yeah. have Jordan Love. Now they are all unanimously behind this, that if Aaron Rodgers wants to play, he he is their starting quarterback. Correct. And they, um, and Rodgers, they, they recently hired Tom Clements to come in and replace Nathaniel Hackett as the OC. Uh, he was in retirement. Rodgers, uh, you know, Rodgers, big fan of, of, of Tom Clements. And so, like, they've done all the things fairly necessary to, um, to induce Rodgers to come back. He also mentioned very pointedly, I thought breach that you know, he's like today, I believe you know, he said this on Tuesday. He said today, I believe is the first day you can franchise tech players. And there's, you know, one guy out there who's the best at what he does. Number 17, maybe, which was implying you need to make sure Devonte Adams is returning to green Bay in 2022. If you want me to come back as well. So I took it. Am I missing anything from the interview, by the way? Is there, no, I think that is a huge point, too, because there was kind of a, you know, again, we're insinuate things based on what Aaron Rodgers said, that if they don't get something done with Devontae Adams, that could impact his decision. Because, again, he's been pretty clear he's going to make this decision before free agency. He's been thought was that he'll make it before the franchise tag window closes on March 8th. So we're running out of time here. And, uh, the, the Packers run out of time. So they got to get something done with Devontae. And obviously they can't tag him. I don't think Devontae wants that. And I don't think Rodgers wants that for Devontae. Yeah, I would guess that. I mean, I don't think Devontae Adams is signing a long-term deal in Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back either, right? Like He may want to do the franchise tag and do one year, let Rod, then let Rodgers decide and then maybe go hit free agency. Like, that's not a crazy idea if you're Devontae Adams. You get a big contract. You get a big franchise tag or a reasonable franchise well, tag. I, well, I think Rogers actually said in an interview, you know, he's done so many interviews in the past month, but I think he actually said, and I'll see if I can find it, that Devontae Adams does not want the franchise tag. Well, you know, he said on McAfee's show, he said that, yeah, he's like, he's like, hopefully they can get a long-term deal done. Both sides want that. Right. So, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. So, right. So if Rogers is coming back, then Adams wants that long-term deal. And maybe the Packers, you know, are trying to hammer out the long-term deal without utilizing the franchise tag because they know that he doesn't want that. You know, they they want to respect Devontae Adams' wishes by not using the franchise tag if they can help it. Um, and, yeah, so I think that, I think there's a lot of factors that play into it, but I, I would take out of the interview that I think Aaron Rodgers is coming back for the 2022 NFL season and he will play for the Packers. I also think that there's – it is highly unlikely that Aaron Rodgers will play anywhere else if he does decide to return you know, as long as green Bay wants him and can keep Devonte Adams in the fold, I would think Rogers is coming back to green Bay or retiring would be my, would be, and I would lean 70, 30. He's coming back would be my takeaway from watching that interview with him. Yeah. And you know what? The, the one interesting thing about this and I'm is the Shailene Woodley part where uh, obviously we have seen parts, we've seen reports. We've all seen reports the past couple of weeks that they called off their engagement. They may have broken up, oh, but yeah. Rogers, you know, the takeaway. Yeah. Rogers didn't hint at this at all. I mean, he talked about her in present tense as if they're still together. He alluded to her in his Instagram on Monday, kind of professed his love for her, credited her for the two MVPs he's yeah. won. And the reason I think that's interesting is I think. And, it was and uh, McAfee noted that right after the interview that internet sleuths told him or tweeted to the show that that because there's a, a female laughing and that could be asked him, he said is there a female laughing is there a woman laughing in your uh, in your in your in your in your house there and he's like it was the tv and like he's like yeah it's like joy behart i'm watching the view 
Yeah, but it, but people on the internet picked up that it is it was Shailene Woodley's laugh, and I I mean pretty clearly I I think that was sort of a part of the message too. To your point. Well, it, but to go along those lines is I think TMZ was the one that reported that it, if they did break up, or one of Shailene Woodley's frustrations was that Aaron Rodgers was putting his job before the relationship, which you know that. Giselle has that same complaint about Tom. If you're going to be the best quarterback in the NFL, you are going to be putting an ungodly amount of hours yeah. into being the best quarterback in the NFL. And that's kind of the, the impact of that is that you can't spend as much time with loved ones as you want. And so to your retirement point, that's one of those where Rogers may be starting to think, you know, if this is really the girl I want to marry and I can't give her what she needs because I'm playing football. Then I think that would be something that draws him into retirement. But I do agree with you that I think he plays. And I think if he does play, it's going to be with the Packers. And also on the Woodley thing, TMZ doesn't have to be wrong. They could have called off their engagement and still decided to stay together. Basically like, you know, to your point, you know, they're having this discussion where she, you know, thinks he's spending too. And he's like, look, I need one more. I want to play one more year. One let's, more year. Let's pause the, let's pause the engagement and not deal with the whole getting married. You know, she's like, I want you to be involved in the, the process, the wedding process, all of this. So you're like, let's hold off on the engagement. We'll get, you know, we'll just, we'll just hit pause and we'll do, I'll do one more year of football and then we'll go get married and, and live happily ever after or whatever it is. Like that's, that's an entirely plausible situation. Yeah. And he'll be 40 by the time that next season would be 39, I think in December. And so closing in on his 40th birthday. And that's, and especially if the Packers were to win a Super Bowl, I think that would absolutely be a wrap if he returns and that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is, uh, it's been an interesting Aaron Rodgers week. Yeah, it sure has. I, I really would be surprised if he, I, th- I think he's coming back to play for the Packers, just the way that he, the way that he's speaking about it. But maybe yeah. he wants to go uh, be a husband. Uh, he said his next great challenge is being a dad. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, you can you see can. these bags under my eyes. It's yeah, from having a sick kid for 48 straight hours. That's right. All right. Let's uh, let's segue right from Aaron Rodgers into top free agents. And that's an easy one to do. The article by Patrick Walker on CBS sports.com. Number one on the list. Oh, we should and number one on the list. Devontae Adams. No brainer. Uh, but we should preface this by saying that, you know, we record. We started this recording. We recorded this on two, 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 two. February, February 2nd, February 22nd, 2022. Rare, you know, you get the two, 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 two. Two. Eight. Two. Franchise Deuces. tag window has just opened. A lot of these players will not be available on the free agent market because they will receive the franchise tag. For instance, I look at uh, two very obvious names who will not be, uh, Devontae Adams is not going to make it to the free agent market, assuming that Aaron Rodgers is coming back and that he wants to, or that he wants to um, stay with the, the Packers. If for some reason they haven't worked out a long-term deal with Devontae Adams by March 8th, they will place the franchise tag on him. You know, they, they're not going to let him get to free agency. Don't we agree on that? Yeah. They're, I mean, they would risk losing Aaron Rodgers. The whole, it would throw the whole organization into disarray if Aaron Rodgers or if uh, Devontae Adams was the leave. So there's no way they're going to let him get to, free agents. But you know what the thing though, is though, if they hit him with a tag, you're talking about over $18 million for one year. This team is not in a good salary cap situation. They have the Aaron Rodgers contract to deal with. So it does feel like no matter what they do with Devonte Adams, they're kind of going to be all in for 2022. 2022. Right. Now I will say that if you look at the numbers, the Packers can do some 
basic, some quick, some cuts and some basic restructuring and get down fairly quickly where they're in, in fine salary cap space. But yeah, I mean, it, that franchise tag for Adams is not ideal. You'd much rather sign him to a long-term deal, give him a small salary cap number for 2022, and then go out and get some reinforcements for, for the Super Bowl run. Because, you know, you may lose Preston Smith or Zadarius Smith, um, obviously T, B, D on those guys. But yeah, I mean, no-brainer, Devontae Adams, number one on the list. And no-brainer that the Packers won't let him get to... Uh, but yeah. I, I do think the big problem with Devontae Adams for the Packers is that he's going to want to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL. And you had DeAndre Hopkins get that really weird contract, that extension when he went to Arizona. So his new money average was like twenty seven point two million. And there is no. And then next down, you have like Julio, who's making twenty two or twenty three. So there's a humongous gap. And if mm. Devontae wants to top DeAndre, which his agent will certainly argue that he should because, you know, Devonta Adams carries that offense along with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't know what you do for the Packers. Do you give them $28 million per year? Or do you say, Hey, let's find the middle ground. Here's 25, 24 mil per year. I think that you could. So who you franchise Jones, them? Julio Jones averages 22 per year and has the most guaranteed at 64. I think you could get him to 23 and get him over that total guaranteed number and say like, I mean, and, and that would be your talking point is that he has the, you know, figure out a way where he gets the most guaranteed money per year or gets the most total guaranteed uh, in, in the NFL. Right. Um, right. I don't know if it would be most guaranteed ever because Calvin Johnson had those huge contracts. Uh, maybe it would be, I think that would be your talking point. If, if you can convince him not to go over 27 and a half, that, you're a hundred percent right. The agent will want to do that. And I mean, I think 25 is probably the, bare minimum asking price if you want to or maybe 23 and and maybe they look at it as deandre hopkins deal is is a little bit different um but Devontae adams has been averaging 14.5 over his last contract 58 million dollars for the full deal on that oh yeah he was completely underpaid so that's why he's going to try and get every single cent possible in this he may be like look i want 28 million per year you know like i'm a better receiver than deandre hopkins at this point in our careers and i don't think anyone could argue with that but then what if the packers are like yeah just see your franchise number buddy it's 18.4 that's what we're giving you could you imagine if they did that i you run the you run if you piss off Devontae adams you run the risk of pissing off aaron Rodgers. that's right that's the one real problem which adds to uh, like a layer to this negotiation yeah, absolutely. You're you're like you're not even dealing with Devontae Adams and his agent. You're dealing with Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and, and his agent. Number two on the list for Patrick in this article, Teron Armstead, the tackle for the Saints. This um yeah, I wouldn't put him above Adams, I guess, but man, you could you could make the case that this is a, a pretty big one for the Saints who are have $70 million in uh, in, in negative, uh, negative, it's negative seven, negative $70 million salary. They're in the space. red. They're in the red. They're deep into the, they're, they're in the maroon buddy. <laughs> um, and Armstead, I think it would be really tough to franchise tag him because of that salary cap situation. Now you can tag him and get cap compliant later if you wanted. And you could in theory tag him and then work out a deal or tag him and rescind the tag. However, if he if you if you tag Teron Armstead and he signs the tag, you are locked into that single year and you don't work out a long-term deal. You are locked into, you know, you have to be cap compliant pretty quickly. Like and it makes it a lot harder because you would have that fully guaranteed number on the top of uh on the top of, of your setup. So it's a it's a very tricky situation. 
Yes, it is. And, and he also signed a contract to save them money uh, a year or two ago that included voidable years, which complicates the Saints' ability to franchise tag him. And so basically what this means, you know, we talked about how Devontae Adams uh, 100% is not going to hit the free agent market. It feels the opposite here where there is going to be a star left tackle on the free agent market because it doesn't seem like there's any way the Saints are going to be able to get something done before free agency starts with their salary cap situation. And so you're going to have uh, a top five left tackle in the NFL out there that any team is going to be able to sign. So uh, I, that makes things interesting. And we saw in the last two Super Bowls how critical offensive line. I mean, you know, you saw it throughout the whole playoffs, throughout the whole season, really, with Joe Burr, throughout the whole two, last two years. You know, it, it, do you think Teron Armstead is a guy that the Bengals would potentially be interested in going after? We will be talking about somebody I think the Bengals go after. I don't think Armstead necessarily. I think they'll go after guards uh, just because or you know right. they, they don't have all pro tackles, but Jonah Williams and Riley Reef, they got to fix the interior of their line, the guards in the center. So I, I do think they'll probably stay, especially at the price that Armstead is going to be charging. I mean, he's probably going to get $20 million per year. But, I, you know, I think Armstead somewhere in Florida could be interesting. Uh, the Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins offensive line has been an absolute wreck. Um, and obviously yeah. no, the they've drafted, is, they've drafted guys as well. Right, right, right. Yeah. But you know, the, if you want Tua to improve, you've got to give him a little bit of time to throw. You're not going to be able to find out what his ceiling is. Um, and then I, I think Jacksonville would be mm. an interesting landing spot because Cam Robinson, he played on the franchise tag, uh, this past season. We don't know what his future is. Uh, and if you're Jacksonville, you've got to think we, Trevor Lawrence has had this great left tackle. We've got to keep a great left tackle. Whether that's Cam Robinson, whether that's, uh, he's, 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 he's not great. I don't know no. Okay. Armstead would be an upgrade is what I'm saying. And so if you put Armstead in there, you've got to build as much as you can around Trevor Lawrence that, and if you're Doug Peterson, that's gotta be your thought. And if you can go out and make a splash and land a guy like Armstead, uh, then you got to do it. Yeah. And that's really interesting too, from a draft perspective, because, most mock drafts. And this is again, just like doing, you know, we, we get ahead of ourselves in this, in this business, you know, just like, <laughs> just like doing this, no, just talking about this list before we have the franchise tag, you know, we, before we know who's getting franchise tagged is a sort of a, you know, an, an operation of, you know, a bit of an operation of futility doing mock drafts before free agency concludes is also a bit of one because, you know, you're like, Oh, well, clearly the, the Jaguars are going to take a, a, a offensive lineman with the first overall pick. And they still might, even if they sign Teron Armstead, but, uh, but going out and giving Teron Armstead a massive contract in free agency to come down to Jacksonville and protect Trevor Lawrence would then allow you, if you believe that Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau are better prospects than Evan Neal or uh, Iquano, the, in my NC state guy, you know, it would allow you to draft a pass rusher with the first overall pick and not sort of feel forced into having to take an offensive lineman. It would also allow you to draft one of those offensive linemen and maybe play them on the right side or slide them on slide them inside. If you think that's where they would play best. So I think Jacksonville makes a ton of sense uh, as a possibility there. The, uh, the bears could, could be a team that could sign Toronto. Armstead. maybe they need offensive line help pretty badly. You know, you got a new regime in there. Maybe they're interested in, in beefing up that offensive line and trying to uh, trying to get, you know, Jason, uh, Justin Fields, some help. Jason Peters, probably likely to uh, retire. I would think he's 40. Yeah, He's getting he's up the there long, in age. He's not the long-term answer anyway. Um, they did draft Tevin Jenkins previously, but you know, play him at right side and bring it to run opposite. You got, I mean, I think 
Armstead makes a ton of sense for one of these teams with a young quarterback who's seen what happened to Patrick Mahomes two years ago, who saw what happened to Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl this year. You know, you, you need to protect those young quarterbacks. You saw what happened to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Chris Godwin tore his ACL late in the season. A franchise tag is coming off a franchise tag year. You would think he'll be ready by the start of the season. It'll probably be close. Probably not ready by training camp. So sort of a tough situation for him. I mean, do they, do they franchise? Do they, maybe they franchise tag him again and just say, look, you know, I know this isn't ideal, but it, it, it would be difficult to give Chris Godwin a, a massive deal in free agency without knowing exactly where he stands health-wise. Yeah, and uh, uh, there's this is an interesting situation because of the entry, and uh, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times had what it, basically what the Buccaneers are looking to do here is they want to sign Godwin to a long-term contract so they could possibly use the franchise tag on someone else. And, you know, it feels like Godwin's been such a key player for them. He really didn't want to play under the franchise tag uh, before, but he did it, kind of begrudgingly signed it. And so if you're the Buccaneers, you're thinking, all right, well, let's reward this guy with a long-term deal. But then this ACL tear kind of throws a wrench in things because you can't pay him $22 million a year coming off an ACL tear. You, you can. I mean, <laughs> that's true. You can. But so, I, I think, I think though, that you could say, hey, look, man, you're young. You're awesome. We love you. We want you back. You know, we got to figure out the quarterback situation. We know the ACL thing is out there, but we trust you to to work well in your rehab. You know, they're the only team that doesn't really have to worry about, you know, the physical, you know, passing a physical type of situation because they've had him in the building, right? I mean, you know, they they certainly their doctors checked him out after the after the after the injury. I think you could figure out a way to get him in the Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill range, 19, 18, 19 million dollars over and maybe build in something where, you know, there's a bonus like you know, playing time bonuses, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think there's a way to do it if you're the Bucks. And I did see where uh, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times on uh, Tuesday tweeted out that the NFL's window, you know, blah, blah, blah. Ideally, the Bucks would like to reach a long-term deal with Chris Godwin complicated by his ACL injury. That would enable them to use the tag on another free agent like Carlton Davis. Stay tuned. Um, you just read that tweet, didn't you? I did. What was I doing? Uh, I think you were looking at your NC state helmet and you were shining it uh, for those of us who weren't watching on YouTube. <laughs> and unfortunately, Debo's not recording this, so he can't edit it out. Fortunately, though, Debo's not it here. It makes it better though. Now we Sorry. know people Sorry. understand how valuable Debo is when they listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he, edited, no, 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 he would like post something making fun of me when I did that. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, I was, I was reading. I can't, I can't listen and, and read it. I'm like blushing. I'm so Oh my God. That one was bad. Um, um, yeah. Sorry for the, <laughs> you know, I was our, trying to read contracts and trying to, and I was reading an article. I was reading Jeff Kerr's article when, um, eh, whatever. Sorry, sorry. Well, no, the thing is when we're talking about all these, you could be franchise tags. So you have the franchise tag numbers in front of you. You have, Hey, what if they sign a long-term deal? So you have these, the range of long-term deals. And there's so many things in front of us right now that it's like, <laughs> when it's I, easy when to I, get lost. When I stopped talking and you started talking, I was like trying to furiously, uh, absorb information and, and process some information. I just didn't listen to you at all. Brenton like, checked out. He was mentally people, checked out. There's people who listen to this podcast are probably aware of yeah, that. That's a full uh, Brenton. That's a pretty bad one, though. That's so I think, but overall, it feels right, like Godwin will return to the Buccaneers. Who would you rather? Who would you rather give a bunch of money to? Chris Godwin or Allen Robinson? 
If I'm Tampa Bay or if I'm another NFL team, just any NFL team, not the Bengals because they have tons of receivers, but I don't know. I mean, I think I'd rather go Godwin. I still like Robinson, but Godwin, I mean, Godwin is, uh, he, I think, I mean, he's really young. He's still, he's 25, man. Alan Robinson's young too, though. I mean, but, um, Robinson 28. So I'll take the 25 year old, even coming off the ACL tear versus the 28 year old who's, you know, had ups and downs, mostly because of Chicago. We get it. Um, but, you know, I think that um, I I think that uh, I think I would just rather have Godwin even with the ACL tear. I think I think he'll be. Well, yeah. And let me be clear, like Godwin to me is the better receiver. But the ACL tear is the thing that that would scare me if I'm an NFL team looking to sign a guy for, to a long term contract. Right. Um, I, I suppose that we could potentially see. Robinson come back now that Nagy and Pace are gone. Got rid of everybody in the front office that he doesn't like. Yeah. I don't know though, man. He's probably tired of being in Chicago. I, I could see him. I could actually see him going back to Jacksonville. Would that be weird? I don't know. He had a front row seat to, uh, you know, playing the Packers every year. And then you have the bears go out and hire a Packers guy to be their offensive coordinator. Um, and Luke Getze. And so maybe you have Getze and sitting down saying, Hey, look, here's what you saw what I did with Devontae Adams in Green Bay, or that's you saw what we did with Devontae Adams in Green Bay, our coaching staff. That's what we want to do with you here. So I do see a way where you could see Getze talking him into uh, staying or wanting to stay in Chicago. Indianapolis could be a landing spot for him, uh, but they don't really have a quarterback. Cleveland needs a, a wide receiver, but yeah, I, I don't, I think he'll be, I think he'll, I think he'll be picky about where he goes in free agency because of what about the Raiders? Oh, Raiders make a lot of sense. Derek Carr, Derek yeah. Carr, Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. They need some wide receivers. That, that, that would actually be a really good matchup. So yeah, that, that is, that's a good landing spot. And again, I mean, think about what happened to Robinson the last time, you know, cause he was, he left Jacksonville and was a free agent and signed with Chicago. And then was like, Oh, I mean, like he got, you know, just like, what have, what have I done? I've made a huge mistake, you know, just the way that uh, the thing uh, played out. So yeah, those two those two wide receivers would be interesting. Mike Williams would probably be. Uh, let's talk about here. You know, we should really just lump all these wide receivers together. All of them. Yeah, three more wide receivers who are hitting free agency: Mike Williams, Michael Gallup, Mike Williams of the Chargers, of course, Michael Gallup of the Cowboys, and Odell Beckham Jr. of the Rams. Um, I would think we talked about Odell a lot. I would think Odell's the easiest match of this one. He said he wanted to come back to LA on a discount. Then he got hurt in the towards ACL in the Super Bowl. I have a hard time figuring. I, I just think he's going to go to LA and it's either a one or a two year deal where with a bunch of incentives about, you know, when you come back, how far we go in the playoffs, et cetera, that, uh, that, that, that set him up for, you know, that ease, that ease the ease, all those issues that he have to deal with coming back from an ACL tear that he suffered two, you know, a week ago. Right. And that's the whole thing is that we saw how good the Rams are with Odell on the field. I mean, when he got there in November, there wasn't really much of a change because it seemed like he was still trying to get acclimated to that offense. December, it looked a lot better. By the time the playoffs rolled around, Odell was out there just a huge part of their offense. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I said on the Super Bowl podcast, that I think if Odell Beckham plays all four quarters, that the Rams probably win that game by two touchdowns. And so he became such a dynamic part of the offense, opens things up for Cooper Cup and makes Matthew Stafford a better quarterback. So I think the Rams would be crazy not to re-sign him, 
But again, it's kind of like the Chris Godwin situation where you don't know when he's going to be available, especially because Odell's ACL tear happened so late. And, you know, it's in mid-February. He's probably not going to be on the field for the first week, first two, three weeks of the season. And so I think you are right. I think the answer is here. You give him one year deal. Maybe that's what he wants so that he can, again, prove he's healthy. He'll put up huge numbers in the Rams offense. And then you cash in in 2023. The Chargers, I suppose, did the, did, did the Chargers not pick up, or is this his fifth year? Has he played five years already? That can't be possible, right? Who? Mike Williams? I didn't know. You. Oh, yeah, he has like, played five years. Golly. We are getting old. There are no, um, no fifth-year option, Brinson. It's out the window. But no, 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 because he's already played five years. Right. But that's what, so I was, thinking, I was thinking it was four, and they hadn't picked it up, is what I'm saying. Because that, that would have been possible. He, you know, he, he had really, 129 targets last year, which is insane. That is a ton. Like, you can't take that. I mean, I know they have Keenan Allen. I know they have a lot of guys in their offense, but... They don't have guys who are like Mike Williams, though. Exactly. You lose... I mean, they're... Aren't they going to just franchise tag him? I, I would think they have to. I would think he's getting franchise tags. If not, the Raiders could make sense. The Jaguars, I guess... Did he play with Trevor Lawrence in Clemson? Did Mike Williams go to Clemson? I'm not crazy, right? Uh, you are crazy, but yes, he also did go to Clemson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he did go to Clemson. <laughs> um, I can't remember if he played with Trevor Lawrence, but the timeline, eh, I don't think it crossed over. I think he was with Watson. Um, you know, again, we mentioned these teams, Cleveland, uh, you know, the Colts, all these teams that have needs at wide receiver would make a lot of sense. I would, I would, I would predict that he ends up coming back to the chargers because if you let him walk and he has a monster season with another team and Justin Herbert takes a step back. And especially if he has a monster season, like you mentioned with the Raiders, a team in your division. Yeah. And you finish uh, behind the Raiders and like in the division, that would, uh, yeah, that would be a, that would not go over well. How about uh, Gallup? Cause I think there's a chance that they tag him and cut Amari Cooper. With with the, the CD when they drafted CD Lamb and you looked at Amari Cooper's contract, it made it look like they were going to make a decision on whether they wanted to go with Gallup or Cooper. And I think that sort of if the Cowboys tag him, then there's a chance that they cut Amari Cooper. Uh, but maybe more likely that they just bring they keep Cooper around and uh, and let Michael Gallup hit free agency, right? Yeah, I don't think, you know, it just depends what his asking price is going to be because this is not somebody who should be, you know, it'll be surprising if he gets over like 16 or 17 million per season because he's not that caliber of receiver just yet. And you look at what the Cowboys had this season. It wasn't just... He's also dealing with injury too, by the way. Right. He missed... uh, How many games? He tore his ACL uh, late in the year. He missed eight games. He was dealing with a leg injury. But so he missed eight games. And you had uh, Cedric Wilson came in and played pretty well for the Cowboys. He actually finished with more receiving yards than Michael Gallup last season. And so, you know, I think they probably like having CD Lamb and Amari Cooper as your clear cut one and two. And so at that point, I think that makes your number three guy expendable. And especially if you already have someone like Cedric Wilson under contract who can fulfill that role. So I think the Cowboys 
will try to resign him, but I don't think it's going to be a situation where they're, you know, trying to break down the door and, and giving, giving him the giving into his contract demands. I don't think we'll see that. Gallup also was asked about um, possibly taking a short, a shorter deal. He said, I think somebody could give me a long-term deal. And I think if I need to prove it again, I'm pretty sure I can do that too. So he would be willing to take a shorter deal to sort of prove it and get back out of the free agency. Maybe that would even make sense with the Cowboys again. If they wanted to try and pull that off. Um, and didn't want to deal with the uh, with with the franchise tag. Um, and again, it's so weird that we have all these guys coming off ACL injuries between Godwin and Odell and Gallup because because of those injuries, you almost as the receiver, you almost feel inclined to you know what I'm going to go to the offense. I know because you can't get on the field till August or September, October, and you don't have time to learn an entirely new offense. And so you want to stick with what you're comfortable with for at least a year. Uh, so yeah, again, I think like Odell and like Godwin, it won't be surprising if he ends up returning to Dallas for one year, but at the Cowboys price, two offensive linemen made the top uh, 10 list for free agent, two more offensive linemen, I should say Orlando Brown checking at number eight and Brandon Scherf at number nine. I actually think Brown should probably be higher on this list. If I were, if I were nitpicking, particularly because he's not a bigger name, but I mean, OBJ and, um, you know, Godwin and Gal, like, I mean, I mean, I'm taking Orlando Brown over Gallup and OBJ in terms of like value as a free agent. And I think the Chiefs will too. And I feel 100% confident that the Kansas City Chiefs will franchise tag Orlando Brown. They traded first round picks for him. They are not going to just let him walk after giving up, you know, the, that kind of assets to, to grab him. And you know, he wanted to play left tackle. Didn't want to play right tackle. Couldn't do that with Ronnie Stanley in Baltimore. So they traded him and the Chiefs, really like him and they need they they know the value of the offensive line and how important it was they you know they i mean they lost to the bucks in the super bowl went out and you know did made all these moves grabbed tooney signed you know traded for brown to try and revamp that offensive line i don't think we need to talk about him because i think it's a guarantee they tag him yeah I, and like you said they just gave up too much compensation to let him walk after this season so there's no like i will be shocked if orlando brown hits free agency this feels like a situation where you either tag him uh or you get the long-term contract done, but obviously you tag them because then you have five more months to get the long-term, you have until July to get the long-term deal done. And, you know, it's not going to be cheap because you're looking at, I think numbers just over 16 million, 16.7 million for a, for an offensive lineman. Yep. And and so, you know, that's not cheap, but you know what? You want to tackle, you want a starting level tackle in the NFL who's good, uh, you got to pay. And, and honestly, I think there's a pretty good chance too that, um, that they work out a long-term deal with him because they have Mahomes in place. You know, they signed Joe Tooney to a huge deal. You know, they draft Creed Humphrey. Right. They, they want to get a consistent, uh, Andy Reid understands the value of having a consistent high-level offensive line in front of Patrick Mahomes. So I would be pretty surprised if, um, if, if he wasn't locked up. I'm trying to think where uh, I was looking at um, the, oh, because uh, Pro Football Focus does the pro, pro, uh, projection or predictions of the contracts. Five years, $105 million with the Chiefs is their projection. prediction. $73.5 million guaranteed. Whew. So $21 million a year. Yeah, and he's their number nine uh, free agent on their list. So checks in, actually. Uh, and they, they do offense and defense. For what it's worth. All right, Brandon Scherf, franchise tag last year. Now, we don't even have to have a conversation. The Bengals should just give him a blank check. Fly really? to Cincinnati uh, on in a private jet and don't let him leave. That's it. That's that conversation over. Bengals are getting him. That's how this has to go. That's what you want that to happen. 
that is, is and what I was saying was that I don't think the Bengals necessarily because they're not the kind of team that's going to go out and make a huge splash in free agency. If they do anything, they usually go after they target one or two players. We saw him sign uh, Trey Hendrickson last offseason, uh, DJ Reader uh, offseason before that. So they know their weaknesses and they go out and target one or two guys. And when you're talking about the best guard on the market, it's Sherp, as you said, he's, he's already been franchised. Washington's not going to franchise tag him because it would be considerably way too much money because he's already been tagged twice, right? Um, or am I crazy? But whatever it is, you get a, a a bump if you so if you get tagged once, you get a hundred percent. You're right. They had they did tag him twice. Right. So oh, he, he would, gets. Oh, they can't. They, yeah, he's a free agent. He's not getting tagged. They would have right. to pay him. They have to give him like quarterback salary. A hundred and forty-four percent bump of what he made last year with the third tag. So he's or, gone. Or the or the equivalent of the quarterback like the quarterback tag, which is you know just outrageous. So almost thirty million. Yeah. So he is definitely hitting free agency, and I think the Bengals make a lot of sense. You could also, but, I think you could also look at the uh, Dolphins as a possible landing spot. The well, it feels like there's going to be a long line of people interested in Scherf. Scherf is going to get real paid in free agency as a result of um, playing out two years in a row in the franchise tag. Like, you know, well, we've, seen this with, we've seen this with the Washington football team a lot. Um, the Jaguars can make sense as well, right? Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, imagine if they got uh, Scherf and Armstead and now you have this super offensive line, and now Trevor Lawrence has no excuse but to be the best quarterback. And you, dra- and you, and you draft an offensive lineman with the first overall pick, and you just have – I mean, that would be sort of – I mean, be, yeah. Be, I mean, yeah. That would be – that's not a crazy thing to do. And it looks like the highest-paid right guard was Scherf at $18 million because uh, that was his second tag last year. And he is but, 31, by the way. Yeah, you get him th- for three or four seasons, and yeah, then a, it's like a five-year deal. With- he, you know he's good for at least one more contract, and then after that, you fill it out from there. But there's no other right guards in the NFL making over fourteen point two million. He made eighteen million, so just a huge jump. And it'll be interesting to see what his expectations are for a contract because he's gonna is he gonna say, yeah, I'll take fifteen million per year because I'm still the highest paid over multiple years, or is he gonna be like, I got paid eighteen million last year, I want that level uh, for multiple years. So I, I think he'll take something in the range of like fifteen to seventeen million. And but maybe, just, yeah, something, something over 15, but I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll, I think just because of where the market is, he won't be able to get, I mean, you're just not going to get $18 million unless you just get a complete bidding war. Oh, well, uh, that's, is, it feels like that could happen. Yeah, that's true. Um, what did, uh, see what's, what did Tooney get last year? Oh, Petonio actually beat out Tooney. I forgot about Tooney got 80 million, 16 points in even 16 million per year. So I think Sheriff can ask for, ask to beat, the average that Batonio and, and Tooney got, which is $16 million. I think that, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, definitely. Sure. And and those are, I kind of separated because Batonio is kind of more plays left guard and sure right oh, guard sure, and sure. separates. And so the, the pay is a little bit different, but yeah, Tooney and Batonio, both I think, 16. I think he's going to be the highest paid guard. Asked to get paid as the highest paid guard. And don't, don't give me that left, right stuff. Right. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> but I think that's what he'll say. Not what we're saying. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back the rest of the list. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. 
Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I forgot to do Jameis Winston, too, but let's go ahead. We'll just we'll mention Jameis Winston. And uh, Jameis Winston was 10th on... Uh, on the list for, for Patrick Walker here. And then uh, Rob Krakowski, Dalton Schultz, James Connor, Christian Kirk, DJ Chark, Mike Gesicki, David Njoku, Corel Patterson, whole list of guys all the way to 25. Um, I, I mean, Jameis is 10th because he's a quarterback. I, I don't think that Jameis, I mean, Jameis, I thought Jameis' season was disappointing last year. And I realized he got hurt and, and the Saints were much better when he was there, but I didn't think he was as, you know, that first game, it was like, oh, we might be getting great Jameis. And then it just sort of, eh, you know. Vincent, he beat Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Quarterback wins, baby. <laughs> um, I, I think I think it makes a lot of sense for Jameis to come back to New Orleans. Don't know if it actually happens, but I think it could make some sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, coming off an injury, do you want to go in and learn a whole new offense when – uh, you're going to be spending most of your time rehabbing to start that off. And that, especially we talked about with the receivers when you're a quarterback, there's so much to learn that it's easy, easier to just go with what you already know, because you don't want to be worrying about running that new offense from March until July, when you're also trying to rehab and, and make yourself uh, get healthy. So yeah, I think the saints make the most sense, but you know, it'd be hilarious if you ended up back in Tampa Bay and uh, taking over Teddy in Denver would be interesting. But I think the Saints do make the most sense. I, I think the Saints make a lot of sense. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, he said he could keep playing without Tom Brady. I have a hard time. Unless Tom is coming back, I think Gronk's gone. And I think he Con, already like retiring. Yeah, he already yeah, retired. You know once. what? You know what he said before the Super Bowl? If there's one quarterback he'd be willing to play with right now, Joe Burrow. Did he really say that? He said that. You think he's coming to Cincinnati? Jeez, that would be so full. That would be Gronk would be because he blocks too. Be a like perfect addition for the Bengals. It would be insane how perfect it would be. I don't even want to think about it because I'll cry. I'll get too excited and then it won't happen and then I'll cry. We don't need that. Okay, that's a that's an interesting one. Yeah. If he was willing to, if he was willing to do like a one year deal, and that that would be spicy. He would help that team tremendously. It's a perfect fit because you know they need help at tight end. He's a good, great blocker in both the run game and the pass game. You know, it's just and boy, wouldn't that be say something about the Bengals too? Where if they were able to like entice Rob Gronkowski to playing for him because the guy the guy's only played with Tom Brady, just only like retired and then you know they try they patch out a trade in the Lions. He told him, "F you, no way, I'm going." And so now he wants to go to Cincinnati. That would be hilarious. So so bizarre. What a world. Um, Dalton Schultz on the list makes sense as well. I think more of a pass catcher than a blocker, but but certainly, um, you know, if the Bengals wanted to to go after that, uh, I think the the idea that James Conner and Christian Kirk are both on this list is pretty spicy. In this, and not that they're and Zach Ertz too. Three Cardinals skill guys. You know, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are in this little, you know, little spat about the contract right now. 
I don't think Kyler Murray's going anywhere. You know, too valuable, you know, young quarterback. He's, you know, he's going to get paid eventually. But, man, that would make things a little bit interesting if three of his guys hit free agency and left, and all of a sudden you're, you're Kyler and you're like, uh, just to be clear, like you're, you know, you're taking away all of my weapons. You're bringing in these new guys that he doesn't have chemistry with. And, you know, yeah. presumably he'll get DeAndre Hopkins back and he's a much better quarterback with Hopkins on the field, but still you take away three weapons, uh, in a year where your quarterback's complaining about you or scrubbing you from his Instagram in public. Mm-hmm. That seems like a no, no, you know, who wants to be the general manager who wants to be Steve Kime calling up Kyler and saying, Hey man, look, we know you're not happy with us right now. And so, uh, but yeah, we got, we're not resigning these guys. So just delete your Instagram because we're done. <laughs> uh, AJ green was only on a, he's a free agent too, man. A lot of guys. That is a situation that maybe that's that. I think maybe this might be an undersold part of, of Kyler Murray's unhappiness is the idea that, you know, even though they still got Deandre Hopkins, if they lose all these guys, it would, uh, it would not go over well with that, with that, with the quarterback, I wouldn't think. And they do, I guess they do have Rondo Moore too, but, um, Christian Kirk's a tough sell. Not as not as productive as I think they thought that he would be. Who else on this list strikes your fancy breach? Uh, I, I think that Cordero Patterson is just because he had such a huge year and it looked like someone figured out how to unlock him in Atlanta with Arthur Smith. And so I think the Falcons would be crazy to let him go because of set, he played such a big part of their offense. But if they did, and you're another team, because uh, you have all these teams that are looking at Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, what he's doing with Debo Samuel and, and the Falcons, what they're doing with Cordero Patterson. You have these athletes who can just be superstars because uh, they play multiple positions. And so if he were to leave, that would be interesting to see uh, what he would do. And let's see, I'm just kind of going. I think Kasiki is also, he, yeah, he's he's been a really good tight end. He's never played with a great quarterback um, and so if you put him with someone who just is a step up from what he's been playing with, maybe he puts up some huge numbers. I mean, he's so athletic, a great end zone weapon, great red zone weapon, really. And do you do feel like he's been misused or at least underused by the dolphins? I actually think that there's a really good chance that they franchise tag him. Yeah. Unless there's somebody else on the dolphins roster that I'm missing. That's an obvious free agency, uh, ad. But you know you're you've you know you got this you know you got Mike McDaniel, um, new head coach. You got a GM who wants to make it look like yeah it wasn't you know it wasn't a Brian Flores thing while they were winning. You tag Mike Kosicki. You go out and maybe pay for a offensive lineman unless you think Eichenberg and um and Austin Jackson are ready to roll or maybe you kick I mean uh, or you know maybe you can go get Armstead. You tag Kosicki and all of a sudden you're like we're all in on Tua. And you have Mike McDaniel. So, I mean, I think they'll, you know, that'll be something that they're definitely interested in. Tight ends, a key, you know, a key place. And and, and Gasicki's been putting up huge numbers, even though his quarterbacks have been Ryan Tannehill. This is Tannehill Dolphins, not Titans Tannehill. Brock Osweiler for a few games that season. Josh Rosen for three games in 2019. Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Tua. So, he's again, he just hasn't had great quarterbacks to work with. And the other part is... To franchise a tight end, it doesn't cost you much money. So it's, yeah, dude, they're, de- they're you know what? We can move on from him because they're definitely franchise tagging. Right, and even like- Dalton Schultz could end up getting franchised because the tag is so low. It's under eleven million for a tight end. That's a that's a good call on Dalton Schultz. I'm just looking at Dallas. They have not Connor a Williams is a free agent who could potentially be you know second rounder in 2018. Randy Gregory, who uh, was you know 
is probably going to be looking to get paid, especially now that he, you know, he's been bouncing Vincent, back don't, and forth. Don't spoil our defensive free agents podcast. My goodness. Yeah, my bad. That'll be tomorrow. All right. Um, it's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. I think David Njoku is a nice little buy low for somebody. Yeah, I do think he could be big. Where you feel like he's just been misused or misplayed, miscast and uh, underappreciated in Cleveland. He's an athletic freak. Patterson, as you mentioned, is is uh, interesting, but it's also like if you give Patterson, Cordero Patterson, a bunch of money, and then don't like you're like you better use him like the like the Falcons did, or else you're you're wasting. Right. If you don't have a creative offensive coordinator, just stay away. Yeah. Will Fuller will sign a one-year deal somewhere. I'll overdraft him in fantasy. And I'm Melvin Gordon. We got him on the list. He's yeah, interesting. Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, both on the list. Uh, uh, and James Conner. I mean, there's just classic veteran running backs who will screw up your fantasy team next year. I thought Melvin Gordon looked good. I thought Melvin Gordon with the Broncos looked pretty good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go out and give him a ton of money. But if I have a, you know, if I have a team that lacks a punch in the running game or needs a nice complimentary weapon, somebody who can eat up some carries. I think all three of these guys make a lot of sense. We saw Fournette with the Bucks. I mean, playoff Lenny is a, a real thing. I would guess right. that he's willing to to go somewhere else, but you know, maybe he maybe he likes living in Tampa. And he won't have to playoff Lenny maybe he could just keep living in Tampa if he signs with the Dolphins and uh fly to work. Because the Dolphins, if there's one team that needs running backs, it's the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. I would not be surprised if one of those three guys, Gordon or Playoff Lenny or uh, James Conner ends up in Miami. I want to say that mm, nope. Melvin Gordon's from Wisconsin, so there you go. And went to obviously went to went to Wisconsin, but um, I was just looking to see if he had any Miami connections. I could make a lot. Yeah, I could see that's a good point. I think, especially well, although I'd be curious to see how McDaniel wants to handle it. You know, with Kyle Shanahan, they always end up you know getting the, the sort of you know the running backs who are you know like a late round running back. But yeah, I mean. They definitely need, but if you don't help. have anybody in there yet, you sign a proven guy and then you yeah. look for those late round gems and, and hope that they can pan out. But I think you got to have someone in there you can use before you go that route. It's pretty wild to see Juju Smith Schuster as on here as number 25. I mean, if you told, if you told somebody that two years ago, yeah, or yeah, three, was it two or three years ago? I mean, it's just his fall from it was like he, he was like the considered one of the like the best, like maybe like the number one. A dynasty ad, right? Or like the number one young wide receiver. He was definitely on Bleep McBleeperson's uh, under 25 list. Yeah. Look that up. Under 25. I mean, we're talking in 2020, he almost had 100 receptions. He almost had 100 receptions and then completely fell off the radar. Let's see. Uh, NFL. Because he's doing too much TikToking. Isn't that what the That's people that. say? Yeah. Let's see. For 2019. June 5th, 2019. I mean, he's definitely on this, right? Ah, number 23, actually, under 25. That's a, that's that's lower than I would have expected, right? And now he's 25 out of 25 on our list of best offensive free agents. Yeah, wow, crazy. Fall from grace for Juju Smith-Schuster. He'd be a nice little value. I uh, nice still like first, you know, one yeah, if he's not demanding too much money, that's a good – you take a flyer on him. That's a guy you absolutely take a flyer on. Absolutely. You see, like, Belichick take a flyer on him or something like that. Yeah, I All can right. see that. All right, that'll do it for the uh, top offensive players. There's somebody we missed. Tweet at us and, and let us know, and I'm, I'm sure you'll – I'm sure you will uh, – sure you will. But uh, – And we may or may not get back to you because Brent and I are both doing our pa- pa- Pancha Karma 
cleanses this week, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, go get uh, go get some pitch karma breach, and uh, I will uh, and I'll be back with Tyler Sullivan tomorrow for the defensive players top twenty five defensive players in free agency for breach on Brinson. See you guys later. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.